Hello sports fans, welcome to Bold Sports. This is Steve. And Matt. We will be discussing all Pittsburgh sports from Steelers to Penguins and Pirates, with some talk on local colleges, and we may have a rare look at Whitfield. Tune in each week at Sorgatron Media for Bold Sports. Hey folks, welcome back for another exciting episode of Bold Sports. So, Matt, how was your week? Fine. Pirates haven't won since the last time I saw you, though. Correct. So, we'll start off where we like to start. Um, we made our NFL picks last week. Um, Matt won. Yay. So, Matt, Matt's record is 12-4 and four for the week, where I'm 11-5 and five for the week. Um, so far for the season, totals 22-9 and nine for Matt and 21-10 and 10 for me. Um... You, you know what? Start scheduling some tougher games. You know what? I, I, I as the as the NFL season goes ahead, we're gonna see that um, coming ahead. There's a lot of tough games coming up. You know, I I took the Browns this week uh, over the Ravens. Obviously, the Ravens won. Um, Matt, you took the Dolphins. I took the Chargers. Matt, you won on the Dolphins on that one. But then again, you took the Rams over the Skins, and I I won on the Skins. Uh, and then you lost on the Packers. I won the Falcons. There's a couple difference uh, differences here in our picks. A lot of us picked some of the same winners, which is they're kind of no brainers. Yeah, you're... some of these some of these early matchups are just lopsided. But the important thing is don't let the data fool you into thinking that the Ravens are a good football team. Yeah, exactly. And then also like we're going to talk about later, the Steelers are playing the Bears. The Steelers are two and zero, and the Bears are zero and two. Can we say trap game anymore? But we'll talk about that later. In the meantime, though, Matt, how was your fantasy week? How'd you do? I got a lot more points this week, but I still lost. You still lost, but got a lot more points. Yeah, I got up against some hot people, you know. Yeah, I, uh, who was your biggest score? Do you Um, remember? Brady, Devontae Freeman. Oh, I had Devontae Freeman. Devontae Freeman won my game for me. I go into that uh, Sunday night game, and the guy I was playing in my league uh, he was all done after the 4.30 games, and I had Devontae Freeman left at the 8.30 game, and neither of us had a Monday night game guy going. Yeah, I go into that game down 12 and win by 10. Yeah. So thank you, Devontae Freeman, for two touchdowns, 83 yards, two receptions, and 18 yards. Yeah, my uh, week was looking pretty dire around dinner time on Sunday, but that, that night game, that's the thing. That was like a good matchup. You know? It was a really good you matchup. Would, you would... You would you know, pick that game like every week if you had. Well, it's funny. It's Sunday night. I mean, Amanda and I are sitting here, and she's like, "Are we really going to watch the late game?" She goes, "It's Dallas and Green, or not Dallas. It's Atlanta and Green Bay." I'm like, "I'm watching for one reason." I was like, "And after that reason's done, we'll switch the channel." And that reason was done the first 15 minutes of the game. I'm like, "All right, we can switch now." I, I, I he, he got me ahead in points. We can go watch Ballers on HBO, which is what we did. Yeah. Um, Wish I hadn't seen a better game though. The way the way it played out, you know, Atlanta taking a big lead like that, you know, Green Bay didn't look great. You know, the game, I think the final score was a little bit closer than maybe they deserved. The final score was closer than the game actually played out. I mean, we see a lot of games like that where, especially in college, where, you know, and we'll get into the pit game on how, you know, Pitt scored a couple touchdowns, but they really shouldn't have because OK State pulled – they were more than okay on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, they were. They they pulled most of their starters in the second quarter. Uh, but we'll get into that in a little bit. So we're going to start off this week with the Buckos on their last home stance of the season. 
Um, now, like Matt said, we haven't seen a bucket win for a while, especially since we re we recorded last and talked to you good folks. Um, so we're at seven straight losses, and we're at one of 13. They have one win in 13 games and seven straight losses. Um, Cervelli is done for the season due to injury. He could come back and play the last series in Washington, I believe. But why would you? Um, so they just said they're shutting him down for the year. Um, you have six home games left, nine games left total in the season, and we already know we're below 500, and that's what it's going to be. Now, my thing, Matt, is the promotions they've been doing. So, what was it? June? It was July, August, and September. It was $29.99 per month per person for a uh, uh, standing room only ticket to go into any of the home games in those months. Now, I just read earlier this week that they were doing a $10 per person standing room only ticket to go to the games. If you have $10. That means that little to you, <laughs> and you find yourself anywhere near the North Shore, just go give your ten dollars to Saxman. <laughs> I noticed he upgraded his sound system this year, and that's really the only good news that I had about the pirate game that I went to. Saxman is phenomenal, and uh, he's great on that six three bridge. He just stands right there on the top. And just plays. But and did every... you see him this year? He's got like a sound system. He's, he does. He's he playing does. along. Like he's not just playing the Flintstones theme anymore. Right. Like, he's he, he's like, got really he's got actually stuff, like music you know? playing out of the the amp and so forth, and he's playing with it. It's great. Saxman's awesome. That's I mean, all we got about the pirates. <laughs> it's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. You know, I was thinking about reasons to go, and like if you watch the team at all recently, like they don't even seem like they want to be there. You're right. I, okay, how about, uh, okay, Coach Cora, third base coach, right? So he puts up the stop sign for, I forget who it was in last night, um, and uh, where are we at now? We're recording on Wednesday night. So in Tuesday night's game, um, Coach Cora puts up the stop sign. I forget who was coming around second. Puts up the stop sign for him, and he just keeps on chugging the Diaz. third. It was Diaz. Yeah. He keeps on chugging the third. He's out by a mile. And then that game... Polanco ends it. He hits a he hits a ball out into left center, and he grounds first and goes for second, and he's out by a mile. And that ended the game. I mean, it's not like the Pirates could have won with Polanco on second with two outs and a batter coming to the plate. But still, you got to pay attention to your coaches. I mean, they put a stop sign up for a reason. They, they I mean, everything in baseball is done for a reason. It's bad fundamentals, but I think part of it is, you know, you're more focused when you care. And these guys don't have anything that's really motivating them, you know. They're out there going through the motions, and, you know, it's not like they forgot everything they learned in Little League. I just mm -hmm. think that, you know, the perception right now is, you know, maybe not 100%. Right, I mean, they're, they're playing without a care in the world because they really don't. Hey, it's I, been I, nice. The weather's been good. It's a beautiful you know, stadium. You know what? You it's a beautiful stadium. The weather's good. You get paid whether you win or lose. You know, and, and their paychecks are higher than ours. Um, and I'm know. having a hard time getting excited for next year, but I'm, I, I still love you, Buckos. Like, just, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll still go to a game or two. I, I'll go I mean, to more than a couple if they're good. They're good. I'll go to more than a couple as well. I mean, uh, it's a great night out. 
it's what makes it so upsetting is it's a great night out, and I don't want to see the Pirates come back into that team that we dealt with from 1993 till 2013 of we're going to go to the game because there's hot chicks that hang out at the game, and we're single, and we're looking to find hot chicks, or we can get a ticket for a dollar and just drink $8 beers all night, or let's go see who the opposing pitcher is coming into town or who's the new young stud that's brought up, you know, uh, who's the next Bryce Harper to come up and, you know, potentially hit a ball out into the river. I mean, you don't, I don't want to see that happen again. I want to see baseball be relevant in Pittsburgh. again. Yeah. It's a lot more fun. And, you know, like it's fun to hang out with the casual fans. Like when you, go, when you go to a pirate game with like 8,000 diehards, like some of those people, I mean, like, why do you, why do you want to talk to those people? You know, like they, they probably are like such, you know, baseball experts that, you know, they turn other people off. But you when know what? the team is actually like doing well, then you get all these people who don't really know what's going on. And I just want to see them having a good time. You know, let's have fun. If you love baseball for the stats and like watching the other teams players coming through town, like you'll always have those opportunities. When the Pirates are good, that's a chance for everyone to get involved, and I liked it a lot more. You know, when a team comes together, a city comes together. We've seen that with the Steelers. We've seen that with the Pirates, uh, with the Penguins. Um, we've even seen it with the Pirates in the last three years. Oh, that's what I'm saying, years. man. And it's, you know, I mean, that Johnny Cueto game was ridiculous, and it's hard to believe I that mean, it wasn't that long. It ago. wasn't that long ago. It's They've already lost all that goodwill. Look at the yeah, attendance. Exactly. You know, it's like they're back where they were. The narrative hasn't changed. They don't spend the money. The owner doesn't care about winning, and people don't want to go. Kitty K had a uh, had a story down there yesterday with uh, for the last home stands, and. Um, they interviewed people that were down there that were season ticket holders and so forth. And and the people that they interviewed said, yeah, we're season ticket holders. But you know what? They're like, we just haven't wanted to come. Like, we're coming tonight because we still we have the tickets and we're coming and we're, we don't have anything else that we're obligated to. So we're going to come use the tickets. They're like, but we haven't came for the last, like, ten games because – other stuff came more important, like going out to dinner or, you know, something like that. And they couldn't give the tickets away. I mean, I remember the days of the Pirates where you couldn't buy a ticket for less than double face value in the 90s. And then there was those days for 20 years that you couldn't give a ticket away. I don't want to get back to those days of getting of not being able to give a ticket away. Um, we need viable baseball. We need something to happen. Um, I, I, I don't want to see it come to this, but if people strike enough and boycott Buckos games to the attendance drops so low that they have to do something, I don't know. But then, what? They then they could potentially move the team. I don't know. I don't ever want to see that happen. Yeah, that stadium's pretty much halfway through its life cycle. <laughs> that's pretty disappointing. 30 years is what they say. Was that I mean, what it is? 30 years on a stadium? Well, look at Atlanta. Atlanta got two new stadiums when the Georgia Dome and Turner Field were both like 20 years old. Uh, well, those stadiums were built for the Olympics. But they were still... I think those were shoddy built. I mean, just... I don't think PNC Park's a shoddy built. I don't see, like, cracking and stuff like that in, in the cement. No, so but don't figure but... something out. Or they'll threaten to move to Washington County like the Steelers did. Oh, Yeah. We knew that wasn't going to happen. That's hilarious. That, that would have been the worst. <laughs> Could you imagine? 
Just have... imagine the traffic on like Washington Pike to get out to Cannonsburg every Sunday. Oh gosh. Oh, the, the, oh or on 79 South or on 19. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, Pirates, it's your last weekend. Uh, it's your last home stand. So you got uh, after today, you have six, 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 six home games left. Uh, one more at the Brewers. You got three coming in with Cincinnati, and then you got two at the O's. And then you go back on the road and finish on the road with the uh, Nationals. Yeah. So, so you know what, guys? Hey, you know what? If you want a job next year, Pirates, for all you players, play your fucking asses off and show people something right now. Doesn't matter if you're a rookie or if you're a veteran. Play your ass off. Well, I mean, Kutch is safe. Polanco's got a job. They're not Martin's safe. Martin's got a job. Everyone's got a job. They've got a year. job. Maybe not with the Pirates, they're, Who are but they, they going to run out there if they, if not? I mean, sure, there are guys that have opportunities to show. When you say they're safe and they got a job, they do have a job and they're safe. But who do they have a job with? The Pirates. Uh, this year. Next year, Kutch could be gone. Cole could be gone. Polanco could be gone. They could sheriff sell this shit off in a minute. They could, but that that just that might hurt me and you. But that's not going to hurt the the players who are going to cash in. Correct. You know, in term in terms of proving something, like there are some pitchers. I guess if you're really that into the pitching and you want to go down there and see if you know Brault and Williams and Hudson and Neverowskis can you know show something that might make them more viable in the majors that's cool but don't don't expect like a whole team effort to try to come together and like prove anything like the the lesson's been learned the pirates aren't any good this year so uh on a side note of baseball while the pirate game was on tonight i was flipping between the um triple a championship series durham bulls nice yeah um, I forget who they were playing. I saw the Durham Bulls. I'm like, oh, Durham Bulls. I just think of Kevin Costner. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I watched a little bit of that. I was going back and forth between the Pirate game tonight and that. Um, so, minor league baseball to me is a lot of fun too. And they're playing for a paycheck. Mm-hmm. You know. But in the meantime, we're going to take this sad note and turn it into a really good note right now. Because what else happened tonight, Matt? You were busy. Oh, the Pens game. Yeah, yeah. You were busy. There was a hockey game. Yeah, yeah. There was was a hockey game tonight. Looking at my my scores widget during a timeout in the Pirates game, there was a Penguin score. I wasn't expecting that at all. Right. I I get the text that said, Penguins, Sabres has started. I'm like, what? Huh? And I go ahead and look. I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. Hockey preseason started already. They just started camp Friday. These guys don't wait. They started camp on Friday. They're playing live games on Wednesday. Now, this game was against Buffalo Sabres. Uh, it was not in Pittsburgh. It was not in Buffalo. Is that the Bryce Jordan Center? No, wait, not the Bryce Jordan it's Center. the Pagula Ice Arena. The Pagula Ice Arena. Thank you. Uh, out in State College. Now, it was built by the owner of the Sabres. Ah. So, it might as well have been a home game for Buffalo. Okay, that makes sense. Right? <laughs> so, he's a Penn State grad. Yeah. He's the one who gave $30 million to Penn State to start their hockey team. Exactly. Okay. It's all coming together now. I wish I could own my own college sports franchise. <laughs> because that's all the Sabres are, is a college sports franchise. They do have some young talent, if that's what you mean. <laughs> they do have some young talent, whatnot. I mean, they did have uh, Dan Bosma as their head coach for a while until they had to let him go. Two-time Stanley Cup champion Phil Kessel went to college, so 
Don't knock college players. I'm not knocking college players. College, you know what? We get a lot of good guys out of college. Uh, there, a lot of the Penguins that were playing tonight were uh, very excited. I watched some of their videos on Twitter and so forth about how they were excited to go back uh, to a college atmosphere. But you know what that sucked about that college atmosphere? Did you see any of the videos from that game today? No. Was it dead? It was empty. Yeah. Like even like, I'll give college students, you know, okay, ten minute grace period. Even at the end of the first period, it was empty. Like it, that 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 uh, arena holds, I think, what ten thousand people, something like that. Eight 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 between eight and ten thousand people. It was empty. I can't say that I would have gone to an exhibition pro hockey game on campus when I was in college. Man, you remember how much stuff there was to do in college? Yeah, it involved weed and booze. Not always. And chicks. There was, there was that. There was a lot of stuff to do in college. I, I skipped a G-Love concert to go to a kegger. Wait, 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 wait. You skipped a G-Love concert to go to what? A kegger. Okay. All my friends were there. I, I don't know how I feel about this. You skipped a G-Love concert? Man, he still to tours. Kegger. I don't get invited to keggers anymore, man. That is true. G-Love still tours. Him and the special sauce. Is awesome. Uh, you know, our wonderful producer, Amanda, and I go whenever he comes into town. Um, oh, man. You're right. You know, yeah, we don't get invited to keggers anymore. No. I get one kegger a year, and that's Super Bowl Sunday. Or a bachelor party, and all my friends are now married. See, a keg at a bachelor so. <laughs> party is like almost worse dead weight than some of the people at the bachelor party. Yeah. Why, why would you want to fix yourself to one location for that long? Oh, no, 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 no. we had two kegs at that bachelor party. One was before we went out, and one was from when we came home. Oh, <laughs> that was the best bachelor party ever. Thanks, Jerry. Right, as, long as, as long as you're getting out and seeing the city, you know. The... We totally did. So, with this Penn's preseason game in State College, they have seven preseason games total. This one was a neutral site. They're going to have three at home. They're going to have three away. So with these home preseason games, Matt, go ahead and check your um, game time, your uh, stub hub, all that. Tickets for these preseason games are almost next to nothing. Uh, I think last year I looked, I think it was like $12 for Section 201, which is on center ice in the upper level. Um do they sell beer at the preseason they games? They definitely do sell beer at preseason games. I'd do that. They do. Also, here's the thing is, is hockey preseason isn't like NFL preseason. It's still hockey. It's still hockey, and you're going to see the stars. Now, granted, tonight, Crosby, Latang, Malkin, um, Kessel, Hornquist, none of them even went to State College. Uh, but Oli Matta was there. That's so fine, was um, Carl Haglin. You know, you had a lot of the stars out there. But the big stars were not. Uh, but as the preseason goes, you're going to get those stars. They're going to dress and they're going to play. Now, tomorrow night, there's a game. Uh, you know what? Crosby's probably going to get about five minutes of ice time. Crosby could hold out until December for all I care. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have to prove anything to me. Right? I don't think that's ever going to happen. If you're building but, if you're building April, May, June into his work schedule, then like maybe you give him some time off in December. That is. So we're going to come back. Seven preseason games. Home opener. October 4th is against the Blues. They're raising the banner night. 
Cup's going to be in the building. Banners are getting raised. It's going to be a great night. I'm hoping that the uh, they do what they did last year and have the Stanley Cup down at the City County building um, that day in the morning um, and the afternoon so everybody can go and get their picture taken with it and so forth because that's going to be awesome again. Pens, I've been looking at their roster. I don't know half the names on it. They got to get down to, what, 25 guys? Yeah. So, yeah, I the names right now I'm looking on them like, I know you were drafted. I know you were drafted. I know you were drafted. I know you were in Wheeling last year. Right now, they're just all playing up, seeing what's going on, seeing what's going to fit. And uh, they're still looking for a uh, third-line center, uh, from my understand. And they're trying to find it from within without having to go elsewhere to bring one in. Well, look how much they brought from within this past two years and how successful they've been. You know with what? All, you... With all these guys from Wilkes-Barre... You know what? I, I have to give them, you know, a little bit of leeway. I'm not going to worry too much. <clears throat> as much people bullshit and knocked uh, Ray Shiro, our former GM, uh, about, oh, he only drafted defensemen. He only drafted defensemen. Well, shit, he we did a damn a good job we of drafting defensemen. defensemen. We got some guys that are awesome down there. They're all Ray Shiro's uh, projects. Um, Rutherford's in there, and Rutherford has two cups with two teams. He was shit. He played for the Penguins. He was a goalie for the Penguins in the freaking seventies. So and he made some good trades. So. He made some good trades. He made some good moves. You know what? I'm looking for a three peat. How about you? I know it's really hard to. It's hard to. It's hard to go back to back in the NHL, let alone three peat. When was the last three peat? I'd have to Google that shit. Right I don't now. know. I'm just. I'm really worried about a lot of my friends. I, I thought a lot of people think that you know it's going to be easy. It's I'm not worried, easy. It's I'm NHL. They're going to have like a slow start out of the gate, and people are going to be like, you know, I have friends of mine who are like, oh, cry, the Pens are going to do it again. They're all. I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I really, really hope they win the Stanley Cup. I, I'm not going to be mad if they get into the playoffs and they lose in the second or third round. I'll be upset as a fan, but I'm not going to be mad. No, because they've done enough you know, for you the last you know, few years. If they miss the playoffs completely, yeah, I'll probably be pissed. But in the context of one season, in you the can't let a of slow season, start or even a slow no. middle or even a slow and, and we all know the hockey season's a long season. They're good enough that if they limp into the playoffs in eighth, they could still pull it together as long as all their talent stays healthy. And I think they I mean, could go they, on they a did good that, run. They did that in 2009. They limped in and got in and won the cup. The only significant downgrade that I'm a little concerned about is goalie. Yeah. Because missing, wasn't it, it was real nice to have Flurry as a backup. It was real nice to have Flurry. It was real nice to have Murray as a backup. Right. They were both, they, they spent a considerable time together. Uh, you know what? You know who our backup goalie is right now, though, right? Anti Niemi. Niemi, he's okay. He was a backup for Chicago uh, when they won their cup. Uh, he was a starter for years. He's a solid backup. Is he the guy that you want to have taking pucks every night of the week? No. Uh, but he's a solid backup. Murray's going to play a lot more. Murray's going to Murray's going to take that workload if he's you, able to stay healthy. Murray's going to have days off when it comes to back-to-back games. That's it. No Olympics this year, so uh, that's a whole other subject. Because uh, there's players in the NHL. Really upset about that whole well, thing about the NHL not recognizing the Olympics. I'd love to see Ovechkin just straight up leave. I'd like to see Ovechkin be like, "I'm leaving for two weeks. Go fuck yourselves." And 
Be like, sweet, the Capitals are done for the next four games. There I've always wanted to do that, but I could never get a job with the Capitals. So right if there, Obi, if Obi wants to go like no call, no show for a couple weeks, like that'd be happy. I'd be very happy to see that. <laughs> In my business, you no call, no show. You get, that's your one and only time you yeah. ever do that because you're not gonna have a job on Tuesday if you no call show on Monday on on Monday. So in the meantime, folks, we're gonna go ahead and take a break. We're gonna come back and talk about college football. Uh, and then we're going to get into some more important pressing stuff like the Steelers. Take a uh, few moments and listen to some things from our friends at Sorgatron Media. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. All right, folks. Matt and I are back. Uh, glad you listened to that little bit from our friends at Sorgatron Media. Uh, now we're going to go ahead and talk about some college football this week. So, Pitt played at home against OK State. Their total record now after that game is 1-3. and three. Um, Quarterback Brown, our transfer from USC, uh, he went 7-for-10 for 60 yards, 0 TDs, and 0 INTs. And then they put in, uh, after the middle of the second quarter, maybe it was right after the first quarter, they put in Ben DiNucci, hometown boy, out of Pine Ridge High School. He went 13-for-25, 228 yards, 1 TD, 1 INT. Total ended up being a 59-21 loss to OK State. So, Matt, we were talking about this earlier. Pitt needs to schedule some more powder puff teams. Do they? To pad their to pad their to pad their schedule there because they're coming into ACC play now and they're going to Georgia Tech this week. So Georgia Tech's two and one. I mean it, it, it's Pitt. Pitt. Pitt hasn't had a great football program since uh, Jackie Sherrill days and Dan Marino. I mean, they had some Pete Gonzalez years, which are good. Uh, Dave Wanstack came in. I mean, they went to the Fiesta Bowl that one year. Um, you know, the whole realignment and them joining the ACC. And ever since they joined the ACC, I've always said, that's great for a basketball move. Um, but football, it was like, what are you thinking? Um, this is the problem with Pitt, Steve. They need to figure out what kind of football program they are, what kind of football program they want to be. Now, they're, they're scheduling harder competition out of conference because they want to be taken seriously. Right. And so, they also want insurance against the tougher conference schedule from being in the ACC. If they're going to lose to teams like Clemson every year... When they you know, beat Clemson they last year. They were the, the only team to beat Clemson know, last year. I know that. Maybe that was a bad example, but I'm saying <laughs> like they're going to play tougher competition in the ACC. Like, say, Florida State. They haven't beaten Florida State since they came into the ACC. They haven't beaten Miami since they came in the ACC. And they beat Miami when they were in the Big East, because Miami was in the Big East, and they beat Miami. That was some big showdowns. That was they, some big, was showdowns. big when they that, beat Miami, because uh, okay. Miami also, was so much better than But they. also, when they beat Miami, that was Larry Fitzgerald years. That was Deion Lewis years, you know stuff like that. When they and when they beat Miami, that I mean, they had some top players there. And also, Pitt beat Miami was kind of them rubbing it in people's faces of, hey, just because we're Pitt doesn't mean we're not going to play. Because at that point, Pitt was already out of it and they were playing spoilers. Sure. And the the thing about the ACC schedule now is that, you know, it's a it's a better football conference than. You know, I think it was you know, it is. 10 years ago. It's not better than the ACC. Or, I'm sorry, it's not better than the SEC, like some people have said. Oh, no. 
Florida SEC. State and Clemson might be better than Alabama at any given moment, but that's probably not even true. But let's just say it is true. Like, that doesn't mean that the entire conference is better top to bottom. No, the entire conference is not better top to bottom. I mean, you got teams Boston College, Pitt, Connecticut. Uh, you know, you're, you're looking Connecticut's at... Connecticut's not an ACC. Oh, you're right. They're, they did not move over yet. Yet. <laughs> you're expanding it already. <laughs> I was expanding already. I'll take, but, I'll take Connecticut if we can have WVU. Uh, I'd love to have WVU back. Uh, WVU moving to the uh, Big 12, I think it was a bad move for them. Uh, and we're going to get to WVU in a bit because friends, uh, I somebody came to me and said, hey, I listen to your podcast. It's awesome. We didn't talk a lot about the other college teams other than Pitt. You're right, we didn't. So we're going to talk a little bit about them. And honestly, I don't know much about them. So hopefully you've watched a little bit. I watched a ton of West Virginia games last year just because of the, the way the TV schedule worked out. And, you know, I have to say that I like them a lot more now that they're in the Big 12 because, like, I have no use for any of those other teams in the Big 12. Right, because you got what, West Virginia is okay. playing Kansas or Oklahoma or Oklahoma State or Texas. Like, I'm so happy to see them. Well, well speaking of West Virginia, uh, they are 3-0 this year. And they're starting their conference play in the Big 12 at Kansas. This is my new hobby. I'm going to be a West Virginia fan now that I'm done with the Pirates officially. Oh, jeez. No. Well, you went to Allegheny, so it's not like you even went to Pitt and you're jumping off the bandwagon. No, no, no. And so, I, I, went to Al- I went to Allegheny at a time when Pitt was never even on TV, like outside <laughs> of the Allegheny County like general market. You know, like I, I watched a lot of Penn State and a lot of Michigan games while I was up there. Well... You know, so West Virginia, uh, they are in the Big 12, so that's what, Texas Tech, Baylor, um, Kansas. Kansas State, Iowa State. uh, OK State's in that, and so forth. Uh, It's basically all the Plains states. All the Plains states. And then the one state that actually uses the word mountain more than, like, any other word. Correct. Like, you ever talk to someone from West Virginia... Like, if they're not talking about Mountaineer football, they're talking about Mountain something else. Dude, that is true. They love mountains, man. And that's why John Denver's Rocky Mountain High. I mean, you know. I mean, but also, Take Me Home Country Roads. That's, yeah. You're thinking of the wrong John Denver song. Oh, that's right. As if there were a right one. Hey, John Denver's a good artist. But, who knows? It, West Virginia... Uh, here's what I want to see back. We talked about this earlier. Pitt has to either figure out what they want to do of either having three cream puff games or one cream puff game and then two games that are non-conference that are meaningful games. They got the rivalry back with Penn State. That's cool. We would love to see the rivalry back with West Virginia. So then you're going to schedule Youngstown State, Dayton, or, you know, Appalachian State, or somebody stupid like that. I would love that. For their, your first game. Then they'd have Penn State and West Virginia. And then go into ACC play. So, those two rivalry games beginning of the season, then going into to your, your conference play, it's probably not the best idea in the world. For the fans, we'd love it. You're going to sell out Heinz Field at least one to two games a year. That's the only way, because if you're playing non-conference games against teams that people from this area don't care about, like Oklahoma State, you're not going to get attendance. 
Do you know how much attendance we got this week at the pick game? I know it was bad. No. For a pit game, it was great. For a pit game, but pit doesn't fill up that stadium. It was 48,000 people. That stadium holds almost 70,000. Now, here's the thing. Out of that 48,000 people, 20 of them were from OK State. And me being a bartender or whatnot in this town, I weighed down a lot of orange. That's. I took care of a lot of orange. They came into this town. They spent money. Enjoyed it. I made money. It was awesome. That's fine. Um, but here's the thing. You're going to do better having Penn State coming to Pittsburgh or West Virginia coming to Pittsburgh. And you have to alternate it every other year for your – yeah. And then we're supposed to get Notre Dame back, which Notre Dame is always a draw. Notre Dame's a draw in this town as well as – Well, we get Notre Dame because of their – arrangement with the ACC Correct. like it's gonna well we lost Notre everything. Dame for a couple years yeah. we're supposed to get them back I don't know if it's next season or season after but we're gonna get that 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 game back those are the best games to get to uh, I love Pitt Notre Dame games I, and I'm the guy that wears a Notre Dame jersey with my Pitt hat my Pitt pants ha. And, I have know. a Notre Dame football jersey and a Pitt basketball jersey so I can like wear the basketball jersey over top and you can still see the interlocking ND on the sleeves. There it is. And I'm sure that anyone listening to this right now is like, they're just cringing. They're like, you guys suck. The only thing worse than like a sports bigamist is when one of those teams is Notre Dame. Because people hate Notre Dame. I love Notre Dame. This is the only show that you will listen to with two hosts that don't hate Notre Dame. Love Notre Dame. Go out to the state, uh, go out to uh, South Bend. Love oh, it's it. great. It's so nice out there. It's a great time. Everybody's so nice. It's awesome. Great atmosphere. I've been out to South Bend for Notre Dame games that weren't even playing Pitt. No, me too. Yeah. Yeah. I went out to see WVU out there, come to mention it. Exactly. Maybe so, I am a secret Mountaineers fan. Oh, gosh. So, we're going to talk about Penn State real quick, and I hate Penn State. Matt, I don't know how that do you, much about them. I don't know that much about them. I know they're 3-0. I know they're rolling pretty good. They just had a 56-0 to win over Georgia State. And they probably sold out. I'm, I, I mean, like, I'm just speculating. Well, you're right. They did sell out. They they, they sold out their 109,000 seats or whatever it was. Um, but here's the thing. Now Penn State has to leave Happy Valley, and they go on the road to Iowa. And for some reason, Iowa has always had Penn State's number recently. Yeah. There, there was that one game not too long ago with Penn State's better now than they were. Penn State's better now. Penn State is, you know what, and everybody can bitch about being Pitt, Penn State, you know, Penn State this, Penn State that, Pitt this, Pitt that. Penn State, obviously, right now is a better team. Last year, Pitt was a better team than they are this year. Unfortunately, like we talked about last week, college, they guys graduate, move on to the NFL and become, you know, successful or, or they move on to their jobs that they study for their degrees. You can't keep these guys forever. It'd be awesome if you could. So, uh, Pitt, you know, but you have to look at the coaching standpoint. And everybody looks in college football at the coaches. You know, the third year and fourth year of a college coach, because they're all his guys mm. that he recruited and so forth. So that's their, you know, because the average life expectancy of a, of a college coach is, is five to six years. You know, after your fourth year, if something doesn't happen, they'll give you that one more. After that, you're done. If nothing happens after six, you're definitely done. Um, 
because those are all your guys you're recruited and everything. Uh, Narduzzi seems like a good dude. I met him once. He talked real well, spoke highly of uh, his players, his program. Uh, now you got this dude out in Penn State. What the hell's his name again? James Franklin. James Franklin. He's the dude that looks like he just like walked out of Bill Belichick's taint. And just is like, we're going to play, we're going to win, we're going to pass the ball, we're going to run the ball, we have a game. I don't think he's that boring. I, th- I, think, I think I said last week that, that James Franklin is sort of like a master manipulator of the media, like in terms of, you know, getting his face out there and saying things that get attention. Remember how we heard more about the Pitt-Penn State game after the game than we, we did, did the entire week before the game? We did. And it wasn't because of the game itself, because it wasn't a close game. It was because of what James Franklin said. You know, and I think I think that, you know, with a place like Penn State, with a program like that, you know, that, that has a chance to compete for national titles like they almost did last year, you know, they have no reason to worry about coaching stability. It's a much easier sell to anybody from this area who's, like, you know, doing the recruiting circuit. Like, I'd rather send my kid somewhere that, you know, I know he's going to have a chance to win. You know what? He's going to have a chance to win at Penn State. And they're going to give it to him. And last year, like I said, me not being a Penn State fan, I think they kind of got screwed last year. On no, they deal. definitely got screwed last year. But, I mean, those are, those are the rules of college football. You know, that's the conference that, that they ended up in. And it's it's a really hard sell to put three teams from the Big Ten in the final four playoff spots. I mean, that's just, you know, that's not how they envisioned the playoff looking. And it just does give, gives fuel to the fire who, you know, want to expand the playoffs, which I think is a bad idea. I still, I, I like the way it's set up now. And I think that, you know, sometimes you just get hot. And sometimes everyone around you gets hot too. And that happens in every sport. It does. So it's, uh... Move on real quick, and we're going to talk about the blue and gold from South Bend, Indiana, that Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Um, I've been a Notre Dame fan since I was about in third grade. Uh, It's that being born and raised Pittsburgh kid, Irish Catholic. Um, We all love Pitt, but everybody also followed Notre Dame. And I've followed Notre Dame. Throughout the years, to the good years, the bad years, Jerome Bettis, number six at Notre Dame, Rocket Ishmael, Quadre Ishmael. I mean, uh, Quadre Ishmael went to Syracuse, man. He did go to Syracuse, but he started at Notre Dame as a freshman yeah. and transferred to Syracuse because he wasn't going to start. The, ro- the Rocket was the awesome. Rocket was awesome. That was right. In, that was like right in my heyday of like first starting to pay attention to football. Right, um, and like you know, he he was the guy on that team, and so, that was a national champion. Yes, he is a uh, 1988 national champion. Uh, you know, I have uh, my number three Notre Dame jersey, and and I, I still wear that. It still fits. It's a little snug. Um, but I bought it when Rick Meyer was quarterback. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, everybody wanted a Rick Meyer jersey. Oh, because Rick, Rick Meyer was the shit, and then nothing ever panned out for him in the NFL, unfortunately. Um, quick funny story about my number three Notre Dame Rick Meyer jersey. Uh... I'm working at a restaurant downtown, and I'm taking the order at a table in the lounge 
And the guy walks in. I look at him. I'm like, that's awesome. And I look at the guy real quick. And the guy I'm taking the order, and the guy I'm taking the order from goes, is that who I think it is? I'm like, that's exactly who you think it is. And I walk back around the bar. I'm like, Joe, good to see you. How's it going? I was like, look. I was like, um, brings you in time because I'm here for this WPIL thing and whatnot. And it's like, I said, I have my number three Notre Dame jersey at the house. Now, I didn't tell Joe Montana that I bought the number three Notre Dame jersey when <laughs> Rick Meyer wore it. When <laughs> Rick Meyer wore it. That's what's great about college um, football in general. You know, you know, you know but uh, I was like, if I can get it down here right now, would you sign it? And he's like, yeah, we'll just go in the back room. No problem. So I'm like, awesome. So I instantly text my girlfriend. I said, babe, look, Joe fucking Montana just walked into my bar right now. Um, you need to bring my number three Notre Dame jersey down here instantly. He's willing to sign it. Um, please and thank you. And the text back was, I'm already at the Arts Festival and I have a great parking spot. Um, I'm in the media tent area. I'm not coming, going home and coming back down. And uh, she goes, by the way, what the fuck does your number three Notre Dame jersey have to do with Joe Montana anyway? Everything. And I said, and this is why we're never getting married. Oh, so, harsh, man. <laughs> that was harsh. But anyway, uh, Notre Dame, they do look a little suspect, though. Um, you actually cited Boston College as an example of a bad team from the ACC. Yes. And they barely beat them. Well, they, well no. They beat them handily, but it was they close beat them. for too long. That, that game was close for too long because Notre Dame played Boston College this week. And yeah, Notre Dame won large. Um, but it wasn't that way until the middle of the third quarter, until Notre Dame started coming up. They did not have a passing touchdown at all. Um, Wimburns, the, uh, uh, Wimbush, he's a quarterback out there. He went 11 for 24, zero TDs in the air, uh, one interception. He had 21 carries himself as a quarterback for 207 yards with four, uh, TDs rushing. Um, so the other three TDs came off their running backs as well. There's no air game there whatsoever. I looked at the stats. Their wide receivers were at, you know, nowhere close to 80 yards, low than even 100. Um, it was a total ground game for Notre Dame. They get to go to Michigan State this week, and they play in East Lansing. Uh, and that is the uh, megaphone game or bullhorn game. Oh, I used um, to know all these. Yeah, so uh, when Notre Dame plays Michigan State, uh, they have the the bronze bullhorn. Uh, the winner of the game gets to take that with them for that next year until they play again. So there's one of the rivalry trophies is like a shillelagh. Yeah, that's the best one. Yeah, I forget which one it is. It's not that one. Like there's like I think USC might have a shillelagh involved. I'm not sure who has the shillelagh. The, the college rivalries are so great, and, like, we're so deprived. There's been so much um, realignment with college football. And, like, I remember Michigan State always being a rival on, on the schedule every yeah, year. But I, Michigan. Michigan was the game. Michigan-Notre Dame, Michigan-Michigan State. Those are the games that you, like, yes, we're going to watch. Uh, Notre Dame-USC, uh, Pitt-Penn State, Pitt-West Virginia, Florida-Florida State. Uh, you know, you get into Florida, Tennessee used to be a big one. Florida, Tennessee used to be a big one. Georgia, Georgia Tech, uh, you know, Bama and, um, Auburn. Yeah. You know, Tide and Tigers. I mean, there it is. I mean, you got what USC, UCLA. 
mean, that used to be a big one. Yeah. Playing rivals early in the season can be dangerous, though, and it's uh, I, I think it's a, a mark of a good program if you're, A, willing to take that risk, and, B, if you're able to cash in and capitalize and get the victories. That is. Know? And, like, it was great for Pitt last year when they beat Penn State. Oh, dude, when Pitt beat Penn State last year, that was phenomenal. And it'll be great if Notre Dame beats Michigan State this weekend. It will. Because that's, to, to me, that's like a regional rival of theirs. It is. Not as big as Michigan. Still wish they were playing Michigan. But in a way, I, I'm kind of glad they're not playing Michigan because I, I got a lot of Michigan friends. and it's, Sometimes they're a little tough to deal with. Well, your girlfriend went to the SEC school, too. That's, so. you know what? Like, Gamecock football is on in my house all the time this right? year. Right? We got the SEC network. Yeah. And they I mean, finally, they finally, like, because their first, like, three games were on regular ESPN. Oh, yeah. So they finally played a game on the SEC network, and they came out and they shit the chicken. Yeah. Food. I mean, Matt's girlfriend went to, you know, you know, South Carolina, Gamecocks. Get it out there. Um, my girlfriend went to the Art Institute of Pittsburgh, so. They didn't have any football. Uh, so Go fighting Warhols. Yeah, right? Go fighting Warhols. So in that aspect, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Uh, we're going to come back with your Steelers talk and then into our NFL picks of the week. Let's talk tech. Tech news discussions from the people in the industry right here in Pittsburgh. Online, gadgets, startups, and more. Check it out at awesomecast.net. All right, folks, we're back from that quick little break. And now it's time to talk about our beloved Stellars. So what you take on this game this weekend that you saw against the Vikings, Matt? It's about what I expected, Steve. It's, it seems like they're still getting the feel for, you know, how they're supposed to work together. But there's no reason to expect them to lose to a team like the Vikings when they're running out Case Keenum is their starting quarterback. Correct, because Sam Bradford was supposed to be a starting quarterback. He went out for warm-ups and so forth. And then apparently during warm-ups, he was limping around and limped off the field. And that was a last-minute decision to put Keenum in there. Um, Keenum apparently was a college stud. He spent time with what, uh, the Titans and uh, I know for sure the Titans. I think he went to... Arizona, maybe, for a year? Well, the, the fact that you don't know for sure says a lot about Case Keenum. Yeah, right. I just know that he was at the Titans for a minute. He's uh, been around. He's been a backup. He's been around. He's been a backup. Uh, and here's the thing about Case Keenum. What made him look worse than he probably is, is he got thrown out there against the defense. Uh, they had a front four that was putting pressure on him the whole game. Uh, now, Grant, the Steelers only got two sacks on him. But they would have got a lot more if he wouldn't have got rid of the ball a lot. He got rid of that ball a lot. He he did things that Ben should do where, oh, shit, I'm going to get hit. Let me just throw the ball away. And he didn't take a sack. He took two sacks total, recorded on the game. He threw the ball away a lot out of bounds. But with the Steelers' defense, they're looking a lot better right now. That front four is getting pressure on him. Cam Hayward's coming in. They're getting hands on him. So with that pressure coming in, that's helping out the secondary, which is suspect. Sorry, suspect to begin with. Right. Um, even though adding Joe Hayden, uh, and you also got. Um, I had a note somewhere here in my little folder. Um, it's about Hilton. Uh, where was it? Uh, yeah, Mike Mike Hilton. 
He had nine tackles, and he had uh, more snaps this week than Willie Gay. And he's an undrafted free agent uh, rookie this year. Uh, he's putting... He's coming out and just playing off the wall. I mean, he's out there. He's doing good. And, and Tomlin is rolling with, you know, the hot hands, which came into where Chicklo was in. And James Harrison was not seen all game. James Harrison didn't get a snap this game. Uh, even after uh, T.J. Watt went out, T.J. Watt played the first quarter. He went out with a little hamstring um, pull or tightness, whatever it was. It was precautionary. Uh, they pulled him out. T.J. Watt said, I could have went back in. I could have played. You know, they probably did the smart thing. and said, no, sit out. Don't don't work yourself even further. Uh, don't hurt it more. Sure. Uh, but then James Harrison didn't come in at all, and they had Chicklow come in. Chicklow, of course, he, had, he he's been hot. I mean, that first game against the Browns, you know, that, that first series on special teams that he played, you know, recovering that touchdown, that block punt touchdown. In the end zone. I mean, if they can win, like, six out of the first ten games, for example, with Chicolo starting, and then something happens to Chicolo, and, oh, hey, we got we got James Harrison waiting to come in. Like, that's great. That's, that's exactly what we want. Like, this season is, you know, not going to be based on one week. With, with the ex- expectations around this team, they're, you know, they're, they're shooting for something bigger, and this is good progress toward that goal. Um... You know, it's it's often said that your best pass rusher is your pass defense. Well, the Steelers seem to be the opposite right now, and their their best pass coverage is their blitz. And that's kind of how I remember them being back in the '90s, man, when it was Blitzburg. Oh yeah, I'd Blitzburg. love to see them get back to that. Yeah, it was that uh, Kevin Green and uh, Green, Levon Kirkland, Gildan, Kirkland. Uh, who was the big bad at '95? Greg Brenton Lloyd, Buckner, Brenton, Bu- Brenton Buckner, Greg Lloyd. Joel Steed. Joel, oh, you're bringing out names now. <laughs> Joel Steed. Let's remember some Steelers. <laughs> so, James Harrison, of course, they call him the ageless wonder and so forth. They're holding him back. I know they're holding him back. He, in, in the Cleveland game, he only played, you know, a couple snaps. Uh, you know what? Again, let him be healthy. And when we need him, put him in there, and he'll make the plays. He does what he has to do. Uh, and James Harrison has accepted that, that he's a role player. Um, he's not a, a day-to-day guy. I almost wonder if they just said, listen, James, you know, you have access to the weight room. And that might be all he cares about. You have access to the weight room? Because you, and... you, you can always stack enough discs to like weigh whatever an offensive lineman weighs and just push that around all day. There it is. And we'll give you a photographer for your Instagram videos on how that goes. So this week's game, though, we had uh, Ben. He was 23 for 35 with 243 yards. Um, he had two TDs, zero interceptions. Very nice. Uh, the two TDs, uh, one was to Martavius Bryant, the other one was to Juju, Sh- Juju Smith-Schuster. Say that three times fast. I just call him JJSS for short. JJSS, there it is. So, But that pass to uh, JJSS was a shovel pass uh, on, what was it, the six-yard line. 
uh, hey, you know what? It scored. It doesn't fucking matter. It's a pass. It goes. It, it goes in your records. It was his first touchdown. That's what you need to be able to do in the NFL this year. Like the, the short passing is replacing the running game more and more, and you know a six-yard shovel pass is just as effective as a six-yard head. As you know, Jerome Bettis handoff. Or Le'Veon Bell, which you know we can get to a little bit. Like I didn't think he looked great, but he, he didn't know, look if great. He to, if he needs to ease back into the season from his injury and then his holdout, you know we've got the schedule to allow for that with Cleveland, Minnesota, and the Bears. Well, the Bears will get to that too. But Le'Veon Bell this week had twenty-seven touches, eighty-seven yards, four receptions for four yards. So uh, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the Mike Tallman press conference today like I did. Um, was it on? It's not on Root anymore. That's because what's it's not, What's going on it, with that? Because it's not Root anymore. It's AT&T Sports Network. Um, you have to watch it on your phone. On your phone? See, that's what I suspected. Yeah. You have to watch it on... You have to have the Steelers app on your phone. Oh, and, and, they, and they highlight you. Hey, the Mike Tallman press conference is going on. That's... So, I knew it. I knew it. So I was on the dumper today. <laughs> I've watched the Mike Tomlin press conference. Man. <laughs> Obviously, that was probably the highlight of your day. <laughs> hey, you know what? Being in the bathroom and watching football press conferences, that's what my life's about on Tuesdays, you know? Um, but no, really, it's... Um, what Mike Tomlin talked about Bell was he didn't have that splash run. He didn't have that splash play that took him from an 85-yard game to a 110-yard game, where he didn't have that 25-yard splash run or that 30-yard splash run uh, to go. And also the offensive line is is not opening the holes enough to make that happen. Uh, they're, they're all st- still getting used to each other. This is why where we talked about in, like, our first episode about Bell not coming to the team and missing training camp and everything else like that. And we're both sitting here as fans being like, fuck, let him sit out, you know, let him be healthy. But also uh, that's that whole gelling moment, uh, with, with the guys in the locker room, with the guys on the field. Do you have anything that you're like looking at? Like, you know, Yeah. He should have been there, or you know what? Let him go, and it'll all work itself out. I mean, I watch. I watch for the way he does what he does, and you know, the, the thing that everyone says about Le'Veon Bell is his his patience. You know, his ability to wait for the hole to develop, and then get there and get through it. And if the hole's not developing, then you know that's one thing. But I I did see more instances in the last game. Where he was, where he was able to kind of, you know, take that pause, take a little step, take a breath, and then go. And he might not have reeled off, you know, twenty, twenty-five, thirty yards, but you know, seven, eight yards, you know, that's that's just as good as like, you know, I taking think, a chance on a pass to the slot receiver in a similar situation. You know, I I think his long run was was uh, seventeen yards um, last week. I, I know he. Did riddle off, you know, a nine or ten yard run on a first or second down. Um, I know he got a couple first downs for us. You know what? There, man, he seems like a confident fellow. 
We'll get there. And like you said, our schedule's lining up. Um, you know, it, it was thankful that Sam Bradford wasn't the quarterback. Yeah, it could have been a Sunday. lot more interesting. Could have been a lot more interesting. That 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 made that 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 took that game down from a a uh, a, a number nine to like a number six. But on the other hand, let's let's not you know get it twisted here. Like he's Sam Bradford. He might end up being Peyton Manning someday, but he's not yet. Correct. Uh, also, the defense from Minnesota is a strong defense. Um, they did very well uh, protecting against the rush. Uh, not so much in the secondary because uh, Martavius Bryant had 91 yards. He had a touchdown. Uh, but he also only had three receptions, so he was a splash play. He was that splash play receiver where Antonio Brown had 62 yards, but he had six receptions. He was that, I got to get a first down, we're going to A.B. Um, A.B. is still yet to be in the end zone this year. Uh, he'll get there. He'll get there. Uh, he's probably pissed about it, you know. Um, I'm not sure. He, seemed, he never seems like he's angry ever. Uh, you're right. He, he seems so happy. Him. He does. He does. But also, we have that, as fans, have that, like, mentality of, like, remembering Terrell Owens and Chad Johnson, all those guys, like, screaming at their quarterbacks, why don't you get me my touches, why don't you give me my, you know, my, my TDs, I need my stats up, everything else like that. A.B. A- seems kind of selfless. Um, I mean, in you terms know, of sniping with the quarterback, there's been a little bit more of that between, like, Bell and Ben than, yeah, than there the has actual been. receiving core. There has been, and I could. You never want to have a team that doesn't get along, okay? But you know, at the same time, there are going to be personalities. Everybody's out there, you know, trying to do better than the other guy. You know, it, the, the CBA allows you to get paid more than your fellow union worker, so you might as well go out and you know prove to your bosses or to other bosses on other teams that you deserve it. So I don't have a problem with guys like you know, getting a little jammed up when they're not getting as many looks as they feel they should get. But I'm not seeing that or hearing that from Antonio Brown. I'm not seeing it. I'm not hearing it either. Uh, It's just, it's a thought. And I know, you know, me as a fancy football player, I'm like, hmm. You know, I worry about some games where I I have, I'm going against guys that have these guys on their roster. Now, fancy football uh, definitely plays a lot into your mentality and your thinking of it. And now I know some people in my league are like, oh, Antonio Bryant is doing shit. I'm going to release him. And I'm like, I'll sit there and pick him up. Yeah. You know? Nobody, nobody's going to release him. That's that's crazy talk. Right. Exactly. Uh, you know what? They're playing Chicago this week. In Chicago, Dub Bears. Dub Bears. Mike Glennon. They're going to look too good. I think they might have a quarterback situation in Chicago. I think they got a more than a quarterback situation in Chicago. I think they have a. We need to reevaluate what we do have and what we don't have, and sit back and think: Is this a rebuilding season? Is this a we're going to play for number one draft pick season? Because the way they're playing, they're not looking all that great. I mean, Cleveland's looked better than them. Bears are, I mean, when was the last time the Bears were even any good? Uh, 
Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl with the Colts against the Bears. Louis Smith was the head coach. <laughs> okay. Uh, Rex, wait. Grossman. Rex Grossman. Rex Grossman. Quarterback. Yeah. So you don't need to have, like, Joe uh, Montana to get yeah. to the Super Bowl with the Bears. Yeah, was that, was, was, I was living in D.C. at the time, so it was 2007? Yeah. Yeah. Steelers won the Super Bowl in Yeah, because that was the year that the, six, the uh, AFC Championship game that year was New England and Indy. Yep. Brady yep. versus Manning. Yep, there and was. the Super Bowl was, like, anticlimactic, like, almost an afterthought. Yeah. Like, that, that AFC Championship game that year was one of the best football games I've ever seen. Yeah. And that's, that's why I forgot about that. And game. that Super Bowl was in Miami, and it rained. It was a rainy ass remember, Super Bowl. Yeah, no, okay, now I remember. Now I yeah, remember. It was the Colts and the Bears uh, in Miami. It was a rainy ass Super Bowl. Uh, that was the last time they were pretty much relevant. Yeah. Uh, Lovey Smith, head coach, I think. He's now in Tampa, right? So, um, you know what? Are we picking the Steeler uh, game this week? We are going to be picking the Steeler game this week. It's. It sounds like we might be in agreement. So here's the thing, though. This could be a trap game, though, because you got the Bears that are 0-2 and are hungry, and you got the Steelers are 2-0. Now, the last time the Steelers started a season 3-0 was 2010. Damn. Yeah, some random stat I saw today. It's not hard to do, though. I mean, they're the Steelers. Right. I think they'd do it more often. 2010, we're in 2017. So seven years that they've went, they started a season three and zero. Okay, so are you bracing for like the first loss that they don't deserve, or or that they maybe do deserve but uh, wouldn't have deserved? If no, they no, no. Up? I'm I'm bracing for the. I'm bracing for an overtime game right now. Overtime in Chicago, you think? Um, you know what? The Steelers play down their opponents all the time. All the time gonna, they play down. That stadium's going to be half full of Steelers fans. I mean, it's a six-hour ride from here to Chicago. It's a six-hour ride from here to Chicago. It's Chicago, so there are probably already a ton of Yinzers just living there. Just Pretty much. It's a great place to go. It is. But, I mean, we travel well, and sometimes we stay there, and we don't travel back to Pittsburgh, and we make, make that place our home. I'm sure, I'm sure there are plenty of people in the area who, you know, when the Steelers only play the Bears once every four years and they look at the schedule and they say, next year is one of those years. You know what? Let's get some tickets. The way you just mentioned it, I, I, I've went to two cities on vacation and I never went back home. <laughs> New York and D.C. D.C.'s nice, man. I like D.C.'s. Yeah. I went to two places on vacation, like, oh, I'm going to spend a weekend, hang out with friends and whatnot, and then I didn't come back for a while, like, years. But, <laughs> no, great time. So, yeah, I'm looking at this game, it could be a trap game, hopefully the Steelers don't look at it as a trap game and they don't play down to their opponents. Which they do have a tendency to do, I just, I'm just hoping that it's not even possible to play that down, right. as bad as the Bears are looking. So, Steelers, keep it going. Keep it rolling. Give us more good things to talk about. About the Steelers or just generally? Uh, the Steelers, but generally, if you got something generally good to talk about, throw it well, out there. I mean, 
I think it's cool what they did this year with the Ring of Honor or the the, the Hall of Honor. Yeah, the Ring um, of Honor, the Hall of Honor. Yes. I think there were some noteworthy omissions. Um, Bill Nunn has been mentioned a lot, but you know I think that that'll be rectified. Uh, you know, if they're if they're gonna do this, they're they're obviously not gonna honor everybody. You can't just enshrine the entire like seventies. You can't enshrine the entire Steelers organization. Right. At one shot. That's true. They'd have to, like, take out a level of seats if they were going to make a ring of honor. You know? Like, to be real. Like, there's that many people that deserve it. Um, I don't know. I mean, this, this is a thing that they do for the fans. You know, pe- the people who were involved, you know, they know what they did. Like, winning a Super Bowl is a much bigger rush than, like, having your number retired. Yes. You know, they, they all they all are, you know... You know, flattered and and happy to come and you know hold up their their jersey with their Hall of Fame blazer, but I can't imagine like being more geeked about having a ceremony than actually like winning the Super Bowl. You know what? I've uh, talked to a gentleman. I've been uh, I was at a wedding that his um, daughter got married that played for the Steelers. Uh, my uh, ex-wife was in the wedding uh, she's friends with the daughter was Dwayne Woodworth nice uh, 1979 Super Bowl he was a rookie yeah he was a rookie he played until 1992 that's yeah I remember him um, I had a lot of his football cards you know he's now a judge mm-hmm. I'm he, ready for him he's a judge he's <laughs> he's a stealer man he's a stealer <laughs> Why would you vote for Dwayne Woodworth? He's a Super Bowl champion. Yeah, Mark Malone. Vote. Sure. There it is. Um, you know, and, and I've talked to him in person in length. Like, how'd that feel? He goes, man, I was a rookie. He's like, I'm like 22 years old. You know, coming to the league, playing. He goes, I barely got any playing time. Yeah. And he's like, I got in maybe like once or twice a game. He goes, I didn't even get in the Super Bowl. <laughs> He goes, I got a ring, though. Yeah. I'm like, hey, you're doing a lot better than a lot of people. Oh, man. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool that you get to hang out with Steelers and, you know, meet, meet Steelers through your work. Like, the, the closest I've gotten in recent memory, I lived in an apartment that used to be a mortgage office. Huh. And Louis Lips wow. was, one of, was, one of the, was one of the mortgage originators at that firm. So I used to get mail Addressed to Louis Lips. Well, you know, Louis Lips owns a bar in Mount Washington. I didn't know that. Yeah. Which one's that? Uh, Sloppy Joe's. Is that him? On Shallow Street. Okay. He's part owner of the bar. No idea. He hangs out in there and hangs out. Cool. I'd love to meet him sometime and tell him that... He's a great You know, dude. like, I, I, I used to get a lot of his junk mail that he probably didn't want, so, you know... He's a great dude. You probably wouldn't recognize him right now, but he's a great dude. I used to get those cards, okay? You remember when the Pittsburgh police used to pass out, like, Steelers trading cards? Oh, yeah. I used to get so many of those. And I, I still have them because, like, I I mean, like, I I had, like, a dozen Bradshaws. Oh. And, like, a dozen Mark Malones and, like, a dozen Dwayne Woodruffs. You know. You know, you go back to the Steelers that we grew up with in the 80s, and it wasn't really a... Uh, a great time for the Steelers because 83 they went to the AFC championship game 
lost to the Miami Dolphins and Dan Marino as a rookie quarterback. And Dan Marino was pissed and had something to prove and said, yeah, why didn't you draft me? Go fuck yourself. I'm going to beat you now. Went to the Super Bowl and ultimately lost to the Niners. Um, but after that, the Steelers had a very dark, dismal period. It was. Because that 80s, uh, 83... Um, 82 seat, uh, it was an 83 season, uh, 84 playoff period. That's when all the guys from the 70s retired. That was, that, you know, I, I think that was, you know, that's Joe Green and Ham and all those guys all retired. Um, Franco went to the Seahawks. Franco, went to, Franco was already at the Seahawks, I think, at that point. You know, he wasn't a Steeler in 83. Um, I think he went to Seahawks in 81 or 82. Uh, but that was the last year that any of that, and I'd have to go back and look at the records and the stats and see who was actually on that team um, to, you know, think about that's whenever that last of those 70 Steelers were, were there. The core team was broken up after that completely. It was broken up before that, but after that, it was completely gone. Yeah. And then we went into that 84 through 91 team. Yeah. You know, that 91 team was the last year, or it might have been the 90 team, that they went to the AFC Championship game against the, uh, uh, I forget who it was against. I, I, all I remember is that the one playoff game that Chuck Knoll stuck it to, who was the coach in Houston that always wore the big cowboy hat? Um, Bum Phillips, was it him? Houston Oilers. Um, See, man, like you lost me, man. Yeah, Oilers, that's going back away. Yeah, going the Oilers, and and you know Chuck Knoll. It was, it was like the last. It was Chuck Knoll's last playoff game. Yeah, I remember. Well, was that um, the year that we beat Buffalo in the first round? Here, we played a wild card game at Three River Stadium against Buffalo, and I went to that game. 89. And that, was, that, to this day, is the only Steelers playoff game I've ever been to. 89. 89? Yeah. And then who did they, they played, what, Denver and in the they, next round and lost? No, they, no, they played... No, I remember they, the Denver game losing on a so, no, game, okay. I was in my neighbor's attic uh, watching the game up there with those guys. Uh, oh, you always remember where you are when they lose a playoff game. Trust me. That that Denver playoff game you might be thinking of was like ninety two. Is that a coward year already? That was a coward year already. Really? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I gotta look at it this way, okay? Like, there were some bad years. Like, there, I I remember very well one of my dad's friends who went went to games. They all went to games together. They all had season tickets, and I remember one of his friends like saying that he was going to discontinue his tickets because of the quality of the football. Like, there was actually a point where, like, the Steelers were that bad that they were, like, basically losing subscribers. And even in, like, the early years of Cower, I mean, they weren't winning the Super Bowl. They'd usually just, like, crap the bed in the AFC title game. But nobody was saying it wasn't worthwhile to, like, be invested in this team. True. You know, like, the Steelers have always been there. Like, we are so lucky. We are so if lucky. If you're a Steelers fan, to have very grateful. Because look at the Packers, like, for example. Like the they, Packers were bad for a lot of they years. They were bad for a lot of years, you know. Giants have been pretty consistently good. On and off, The yeah. Eagles have never been to the Super Bowl, or they've never no, won they, the they, Super they've Bowl. They've been to one. They, when they've been to, Jaworski they've been to No, they've been to two. They've been oh, to two. Yeah, yeah, they've been to two, and they lost, they lost both. 
But on that aspect, we're going to go ahead and um, we're going to take a break real quick. We're going to come back and go for NFL picks for week three. Do you like professional wrestling? Want your discussions? No holds barred. Check out WrestlingMayhemShow.com for all the wrestling podcast flavor you can handle. All right, folks. Sorry for that quick break, but we're going to go ahead and uh, go ahead for week three NFL picks. Matt, we got the uh, Rams at the Niners for the Thursday night game in San Francisco. That just sounds terrible. <laughs> that sounds terrible. I, saw, I just saw I just saw an ad for Thursday night football in the Rams, and I didn't even look at who they were playing. Just that just sounds awful. Um, give me the Rams. You know, I'll take the Rams on that because the Niners are just bad. Hey, the Rams got to win eventually. Definitely. We got uh, next week, uh, starting on Sunday, we got Steelers-Bears. We know we're both Steelers. Steelers on that. That's not even a question. Ravens and Jaguars in Jacksonville. Jacksonville's good. Jacksonville's decent. Jacksonville's really decent. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to take the Jags on that. How about you? I have to take the Jags. I can't I can't go Ravens. I, know, I mean, they beat the Browns last week. I mean, that's that's not enough to... To sell me. So here comes uh, what I always remember from my mom trying to pick football games. Broncos and Bills. A Bronco is faster than a Bill. So they of course got to win. Uh, it's in it's in Buffalo. Um, yeah. Broncos, man. I, I'm taking Broncos. I, I, I know I had enthusiasm earlier this season for the Bills Mafia. Um, I picked the Bills to lose. I picked the fans to have a great time, though. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we're both taking the Broncos. Yeah, look like looks like it. Saints and Panthers in North Carolina. Hmm. I have Drew Brees, my quarterback of fantasy, so I'm hoping for a lot of points there. Um, for some reason, I'm thinking Panthers. See, we've seen nothing from the Panthers to make me think that you're going to be right. <laughs> I'm going Saints. Uh, Matt's going Saints. I'm going Panthers. Uh, I really just hope Drew Brees has a hell of a game. Well, it could work out well for you if it's a shootout. I do. But I think that the Panthers scored like nine points last week, so. It, it's possible. It is. Brees um, could just like dribble the ball on his head down the field and probably at least get into field goal range. Yes. Uh, we got Falcons Lions in Detroit. Oh, I'm going Lions. Lions? Yeah, they're my sleeper in the NFC this year, man. Yeah, uh, Lions are tough though. They they've won. They're looking good. What's his name up there? The quarterback? Stafford. Stafford. Matt Stafford. Uh, you're going Lions. Yep. I'm going to go ahead and go Falcons. Probably the smart pick. I don't know. We'll see how that works out. Now, here, now, now, now here's a barn burner for you. Cleveland Browns, Indianapolis Colts. Oh, okay. Jeez, um, give me the Browns. I'm taking the Browns, too. <laughs> I took the Browns last week against the Ravens, saying they can make something happen. That didn't work out. Well, they did make something happen. They lost. Right. 
It's the, 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 the kind of magic that they conjure best. So we got uh, Bucks Vikings in uh, Minnesota. I'm taking the Bucks on that. I like the Vikings to rebound. Okay, so you're taking the Vikes. I'm taking the Bucks. They won't be demoralized because losing to the Steelers is no shame. So we have Texans Pats. It's a rematch of the uh, uh, second round of the AFC playoffs last year. Uh, and in the event that the Texans almost pulled that game off almost. in New England, might have had a different outcome for the Steelers yeah. last season. Um, who are you liking in this? It's going New England all the way. Well, because the Texans don't have a quarterback. They don't. They didn't last year either, but they somehow managed to get enough done to make it a close game. They uh, almost almost beating the Patriots isn't enough to like build your next season on, and I don't see it. I don't see what they've done to, you know, solidify that position. They got a rookie and a guy who couldn't even get on the field at Pitt at quarterback. Oh, uh, Savage. Savage. Tom Savage. He's not horrible. He's not horrible. He, he made it to the NFL. He did make it to the NFL. Like if if you can make it to the NFL despite limited playing time in college, then you've obviously got something that scouts. People he played his senior. He played his senior year. But you know, I just I, he's not he's not going to play. He's not Tom Savage. I only played my senior year at Notre Dame, or I'm, I'm Tom Savage. I only played my senior year at Michigan. He's Tom Savage. I only played my senior year at Pitt. Pitt. I mean. So, I see where you're going with that. Again, we're going to go ahead and take the Pats, both of us. Now, here's a game. Here's a barn burner. Dolphins and Chats. I know. I'm just going to go ahead and fill in both. Yeah, just write Dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And we got Giants and the Eagles. Ooh. I'm going Eagles. I'll go G-Man. You're going G-Man on yeah. this? They're due. I, you know, I they are due. Um, I love the, I love the stories about Bob McAdoo throwing Eli Manning under the bus. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, it just kind of strikes me as odd that so many people think that it's like wrong for a coach to criticize his quarterback. Like, I didn't see the game, but it would not shock me at all that like Eli Manning did something dumb. In a game. Hey, you know what? You know, like, and if a coach is going to go into his press conference and say, I think my quarterback was a little sloppy, I mean, that's his job, is to evaluate the talent and use the talent to win the games. You know what? I mean, Peyton Manning got criticized his first two years by his head coach. Well, I mean, Eli's not in his first two years, but we, I mean, oh, Eli's yeah. a known entity. And like, you know, he's he's had some brilliant seasons and he's the won guys, two Super the Bowls. The guys won two Super Bowls, but he had great teams around him and both of those teams had a great defense. Mm -hmm. And the NFL's proven that defense wins Super Bowls. The Baltimore Ravens, twice. I mean, come on. Uh, Trent Dilford doesn't win a Super Bowl if it wasn't for the defense in sure. 2000. Sure, with Head by Ray Lewis. As much as we hate Ray Lewis and we hated him our whole lives, if he would have played for the Steelers, we'd have been like, I love you, man. <laughs> like, this is all there is to it. Next game, we got Seahawks and Titans in Nashville. I'm yeah. going Seahawks. 
Yeah, you know what? I, I think that the Seahawks are going to win that game. How about the... Uh, here you go. Because the AFC... Um, what it, AFC uh, North plays the NFC North this year. Bungles, Packers. Ugh. Do you know that the Bungles have not had a uh, offensive touchdown this year? This season in the first th- three games. Wow, three games. Or first two games, sorry. First two games. Oh, that's not so bad. No offensive touchdowns. I mean, I, I follow a soccer team that hasn't scored a goal in four games, so. I can totally feel their pain, but that doesn't. Yeah, but they still one. have three ties, so it's no, no, four <laughs> losses, four losses. It's it's not a good situation. Five losses actually now. So Bungles and Packers. Yeah, uh, Packers. I'm going Pack as well. We got Chiefs and Chargers in L.A., and this weekend showed to us that L.A. is not a football town. The Chargers played home, so did the Rams. The Rams played in the L.A. Coliseum and drew a third of the attendance for the UCLA game. Or, sorry, the USC game. And then the uh, Chargers played in the soccer stadium that's out there, and they drew a third of the population for the USC game. Mm -hmm. And it showed that the USC game drew more population by a lot. Yeah, and also the LA Galaxy probably draw more to that stadium than the Chargers. I'm sure they do. Chargers and Chiefs, though, this week, I'm going Chiefs. I mean, you can't just say a team automatically loses because they don't have a lot of fans in the seats. But, I mean, come on. The Chiefs are better than the Chargers. Give me the Chiefs. Got it. We got Raiders and Skins in DC. I'm going Raiders. Yeah, you know what? Like I, I'm short on Washington all year because they just they seem dysfunctional. Like that whole the Cousins situation. Mm-hmm. Again, like you can't you can't say just because their front office doesn't know how to handle their quarterback that they're not capable of winning a football game. But I think the Raiders are stupid good this year. The Raiders are stupid good this year. They're going to go deep in the playoffs. I, I, you know what? If the AFC Championship game isn't Steelers-Raiders, it's going to be Raiders-Patriots. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in our last game, the Monday night game, is the Cowboys and the Cardinals. What has history taught us? The Cardinals suck? No. Denver, or I'm sorry, Dallas is good on Monday night? And Dallas is good on Monday night. And um, so are the cards. Uh, it's in Arizona. This is a toss-up game. This is this is a uh, this could be if you're a betting guy and collecting money. This yeah, could, I might I might bet the spread or something, but I might bet the over/under. Um, I might bet a win or lose situation. I'm not going to bet points on this. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. and... And I'm going to go ahead and say the Cowboys got embarrassed in in Denver last weekend. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and bet the Cowboys on that. And the Cowboys. See, that's, the Cowboys. that's what I would do too. I'm, You're picking the Cowboys? Yeah, I mean, losing to Denver 
as bad as it was. Like we were disappointed because we were expecting that to be a better game. Yeah, and that game got it. That that game got postponed for like an hour and a half. Yeah, due so, to storms and lightning and everything else like that. So that's that, that's not that's not as much of an indictment of the Cowboys personnel as you know the circumstance, the fact that it's the NFL, and the fact that Denver's looking pretty good right now. So. You know, like I got Von Miller on that defense. You got Brandon Marshall on that defense. Yeah, I, I, see, mean, I see the Cowboys bouncing you got, back. Uh, Akeem Tlaib on that defense. Uh, uh, you know, what, what was it? Uh, that that stat I saw that uh, Ezekiel Elliott was held to uh, twelve rushes and eight yards, and they just pulled him and said, "You're not doing shit. We're just gonna sit you on the bench." Like, and he was pissed about it. He was pissed. I'd be too. Let him be pissed. That's that's how you get more out of them from next week. Exactly. They um, should all be pissed. They lost. So, speaking about being pissed and being lost, uh, that's gonna probably be the end of the show. I'm not pissed that I'm down by one game to Matt, <laughs> but I'm upset that I lost. You'll, you'll be back. I'll be back. I mean, we uh, unfortunately we picked a lot of games this week the same. So we'll it's see. It's not what... our fault. The NFL is just putting up a bunch of, you know, mismatches in these first three weeks. <laughs> That's true. You know, let's let's. I can't wait to see like you know week fifteen. Oh, uh, week fifteen. Where, where, oh wait, where everybody sets everybody, or is that where everybody has to play their division? No, that's week seventeen. Ah, uh, week fifteen is like the last the last week where like every team is still viable. Viable, well, except yeah. for the tankers, but still, like you'll have games that actually look like. They mean you know, there might we might actually have a, like an argument about who's going to win. We're looking forward to those weeks. Yeah, except for the Steeler games because we're always picking the Steelers. You know we are. We're going undefeated, <laughs> undefeated all the way, all the way. Undefeated and Super Bowl champions. Got it. Well, you know what? We could lose to New England and still finish with identical records. Because oh. they got one loss and we don't. That is true. Damn it. Why does your mathematics have to be good at 2 o'clock in the morning? Because <laughs> I can subtract <laughs> 1 from 16. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. Thank you all very much for listening to us. Uh, I'm Steve. We got Matt over here. Uh, Matt, where we find you at? I'm M.M. Tasty on Twitter. I'm at Steve Fernald on Twitter. Uh, also, you can find us at Bold Pittsburgh uh, and as well as Sorgatron Media. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, root for your favorite team. As always, make sure it's black and gold. Yeah. Go Steelers. Hey, Ians. Thanks for listening to Bold Sports. You can always listen at Sorgatron Media on Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you uh, love to listen to podcasts. Make sure to catch us every Wednesday for your recap and breakdown of your favorite local sports and news of the weekend for the upcoming game expectations. You can contact us at Steve Renault on Twitter, at MMTacy on Twitter, or at BoldPGH on Twitter. Hashtag BoldSports. BoldPittsburgh on the Facebook, or BoldPGH.com. <laughs>